Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps. In today's very special bonus episode, we're talking to author Sam Marie, an indie-based author out of LA. She's a romance and fantasy writer, and we are so excited to talk to her about her novels, her writing and publishing process, and so much more. We'll see where it takes us. So I'm Bree. And I'm Megan. And, and Sam. I'm Sam. <laughs> I didn't know that was my cue. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Cool. Um, yeah. So like, obviously you guys know a little bit, but, um, by background, I'm not a writer. I didn't even go to school for this, but COVID brought out unique hobbies for all of us. Right. Um, and I just found myself reading a million books when I was like, not able to get out of the house because it was cold in Kansas city. And then eventually I started thinking, Oh, I want to like look for very specific stories in a subgenre of romance and I can't find them. So I like ventured into um, these like online reading platforms where you could find like free stories published by all these indie authors that were kind of going about like pushing out their novels in a different way than like your typical traditionally published, you know, seeing like Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. or other like small bookstores, like you know, Penguin Publishing House and all those. So these are like kind of smaller authors, but they have these like niches with huge followings. And I started following in love with their stories to the extent that I was like, I kind of want to see if I can do this. So around like August, 2021, I just started writing like a secret billionaire college romance, very much like play off 50 shades of gray book Mm -hmm. and wasn't paying much attention to like how much traction it was getting. Cause the way I was publishing it, I would just write a chapter and I would send it out to like the internet to see how (laughs) it would do on the site called ink it. And then I started like waking up in the morning to like hundreds and thousands of notifications, oh like as it started going along. And I was like, what is going on with this book right now? Like, I'm just like, it's my guilty pleasure just writing a chapter or two and then just like publish and I walk away. Yeah. And so it kind of just started becoming a thing and getting like a following where people are constantly commenting, like when's the next chapter? They're like sending me messages. It's very exciting. Like I'm part of this new community and it's like so fulfilling, especially after coming out of COVID where you have no connection with anyone. Um, So yeah, that's just how I fell in love with writing and it did really well. And so now here I am, I think I'm like writing a midway through like book nine right now. Oh my, I didn't realize you had that much (laughs) content out there. Damn. Yeah. So I moved most of it off to like my Patreon um, because like, you know, like I said, I didn't go to school for like English or anything. So I'm kind of editing my own books. Uh, The current novel I have on Amazon, I did like work with an editor through like various rounds to clean it up and like put my best, you know, work out there on Amazon since people are like paying a lot more for that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to give them like a very quality product. Um, But everything else that I have, I mostly moved to Patreon. And then I have like a little excerpt of it on Inkit so people can get hooked and then go to my Patreon and all they have to do is pay like $3 and they can read all the rest of my stuff. So it's actually a pretty good deal, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you like, how do you go about, I mean, because you're having to self edit. I mean, is that, do you feel like that slows you down in your process or 
are you just like, I'm just going to write everything and then I'll reread it and just kind of like make little tweaks and changes as I go? It's changed over time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've started kind of, I always approach writing in like a different way because I don't think that I know the best route to do it, right? Like we're always growing as writers. We're always like finding something new to work on or like figuring out a new approach to like tackle a different storyline because every story is different. So it kind of needs to be um, approached in a different way, I think. And I feel like now I'm a lot more thoughtful about the storyline, whereas before I would just, I never even planned out the storyline. I'd start writing and just see where it went. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I kind of can see like where I went wrong when I went back and was like re-editing. And then I just had like a lot more rewriting to do. So now I'm like a lot more thoughtful and I'll go back and reread more and then like adjust the storyline as I see. And then it'll even change like the outline further down the road sometimes. So it can take, it can take a lot longer for me now. And it's very frustrating. And like, I see a lot more writer's block happening, but the quality of the product is better. So right, <laughs> ask like, me this in six months and I probably will have a completely different way of like going about editing and writing. <laughs> wow. And I mean, to that point too, like you probably do need to find a balance between just like the hobby writing for fun that you're getting out there. And then, like you said, like a paid product that's mm-hmm. being purchased, I think possibly globally. Cause I think I accidentally logged on to like Amazon Australia and there were definitely copies there. So. Yeah. A few, like <laughs> some people have bought it in Australia. Yeah. Specifically, like, I think like maybe, maybe like one person in like uh, Great Britain and then like Australia and the U S mostly, but I have like a lot of writer friends that I'm in groups with in Australia. So I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Actually like we've done some like cross promo stuff. So maybe like their kind of, you know, group and community in Australia noticed it, but yeah. Um, the other question is, sorry, Brie, like jump in anytime. Who does your cover art? Because it's beautiful. I love all okay, of your book covers. Um, so it's a combination. I worked with this guy. He's His Instagram is like central covers, I believe. Something like that. I can shoot it over to you guys. But he, um, I mean, he's like very reasonable as far as book covers go. So I originally like hired him for the Desire series. Um, which is like, I have like two of them here. So like this one and then the like companion novel, um, he did those. And then he did another one for me called the bound wolf. I was really happy with that. And then he also did this cover, Mm -hmm. which I love. It's kind of hard to see like here, but I actually ended up doing like the spine and the back myself. Oh, wow. Um, just because I didn't want to like pay more money (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of it's fairly easy to do so he did it um and I was really happy with it but I've learned I've learned a lot of tips and tricks from other authors and just like programs they're using and so I started just like the rest of them I made myself oh wow yeah and I'll probably like maybe redesign some of the other ones and use myself and then go buy like I've learned of some sites where you can buy images and like the important thing about images (laughs) that you would never know (laughs) until you get into this is like some you could only sell so many copies of a book with that specific image so you have to like 
purchase specific rights to the image in order to like sell so many so a lot of authors like if they're having people on the cover say they'll like do their own photo shoot so that the image is theirs and they can sell as many as they want of it and you're saying specifically yeah. like the, the images of them not just they took the picture or, or the it... image that you're using so any okay. like cover art right yeah, yeah. That's insane. It's, I mean, I figured like copyright problems, but I didn't realize there was a limitation on how many you can be. Print. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. you just have to be like careful, like what you're buying. So like, I don't know um, with these specific images, I don't know what the number is that I can sell. So it probably just to be safe to like a cover redesign with all my own images eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I no. never thought Fun about fact. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've written like nine stories, I guess, all different genres, all sort of in the same wheelhouse, or what's that been like? Um, so I started out with like romance and like mostly like erotic romance so it's a little bit more like sexually explicit than your typical like contemporary romance where they just kind of like brush over the sex scenes that happen like I get into detail about you know okay. the intimate scenes you're not just saying like oh her flower blossom <laughs> yeah, and then no. that's all there is to it <laughs> yeah I think like together <laughs> It's funny because like Rendezvous is very much slow burn and there's only actually two scenes and it's also funny because like I put it perfectly in the middle so when you like crack it open to the middle you're right at it. <laughs> and so like everyone who's just looking at it like thinks the book is all about sex. I like you just happen to open it perfectly. Um, but I think like one of the scenes is like 20 pages long, like it's very detailed, very specific, get into like the emotions and feelings of people um, to just like a deeper level, right? Um, but I would say like most of my novels have that like erotic component to it. I have one book that is a fantasy, like an erotic fantasy called The Bound Wolf. Um, but otherwise I haven't ventured out into fantasy too much because I just want to get a little bit better at writing. I think romance is like kind of easier to write, at least for me than fantasy, because fantasy has so many other like visual components to it. And then depending on if you're getting into like mythology or, you know, like what type of fantasy you're focused sure. on with your characters and stuff, you have to have a lot of like background knowledge in order yeah. to like accurately, you know, describe it for your readers. Yeah, that's really a lot of detail, really well thought out. Right. Yeah. Like very yeah. research heavy before you can yes. even start writing something like that. <laughs> yes, very much. And I already like, so I have this novel called Dom Daddy. Um, and this was a personal challenge to myself was to write a book that every single scene was like, um, like a, not necessarily like a sex scene, but like it was focused or centered around it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like 26 chapters. And then additionally, another challenge was I wanted it to touch on like a different kink. <laughs> okay. And like every so, chapter is a different kink or the whole book? <laughs> every chapter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like about a weekend in a sex club. Okay. And so it just moves through the weekend as it moves through like these different scenarios and like conversations. Um, 
And that like required so much research on my part. I don't know any of this stuff. I've never been in a sex club. Like I don't know. <laughs> well, I know. Maybe, maybe you have. <laughs> I know. I personally hadn't. So even that, like, it was incredibly challenging and like you couldn't necessarily just write from the top of your head because you'll have people like in that world who are actual like dominatrix and stuff be like uh I live in this world and this is incorrect right <laughs> yeah. well and I'm sure to an extent too you don't want to come across like stereotyping in some way or like putting yeah. everybody in the same box just because of a certain kink or a certain like I don't know idea that you have about it that like you said, it's exactly. probably not accurate and they will call you out on it. It sounds like <laughs> they absolutely will. Yeah. So have you had a lot of like critics or, you know, critiques, I should say to scenarios like that or any references that they're like, Hey, no, that's not true. <laughs> I would say because I publish everything first on ink it, um, that community in general is super positive. So their kind of major competitor is like Wattpad, um, which I decided not really to work with or put my stuff out on because a lot of people's work gets stolen. And Wattpad's not a huge advocate for their authors, in my opinion. Um, I find like working with the Inkit team is a lot better and like the payout on like royalties and stuff is a bit better. So I like focus my attention there. Um, but that community in general as well is a lot less critical in like a negative way. Mm -hmm. They're very like positively critical. So like if they see something they think is inconsistent, they'll just like, you know, make a comment and be like, Hey, just wanted to bring your attention because they understand like the cadence and the frequency that is expected of like authors with the following on this website, you have to push out stuff so quickly that it's not going to necessarily be perfect mm -hmm. unless you have a huge team that you're working with which only people who probably have like 15 to 20,000 followers on Inca have like a team because they're making enough money to like pay a full-time editor right um so I would say mostly like very very positive but people do chime in and they'll say so they'll be like this is incorrect so I go back and fix it <laughs> and I, that's what I was gonna ask. like thank you so, like, you go off, you would kind of use that as an editing factor for you as well, like oh, maybe to change your book. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's actually very nice. I've had like some people reach out to me too and say, Hey, I would love to like be a beta reader or like help you kind of like softly edit this on the side. Cause I really love your writing and I want to read, you know, the book before it comes out and yeah. they just want to do it like out of the kindness of their heart, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice. like no expectations. I'm with you. I just want to know what you're writing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, sure. Here you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Just support. That's really cool. All right. Mm -hmm. So your Google, Google search his, history is like probably quite interesting. But also, is it a fair question to say to ask, like, where do you get your inspiration? If you're not in sex clubs every weekend, you know, right. like, <laughs> right about this. Um, where, like, what does inspire you or where, how are you coming up with your different ideas? Yeah, that, that's a fun question that everyone <laughs> tends to ask, me, especially, 
especially because I'm single and I'm like dating and like, you know, people I'm dating like to often ask like, oh, do you use your experiences? And I'm like, please don't get ahead of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you are not going to be featured in my next book. And surprisingly enough, like everyone in LA wants to be like, I inspired your character, right? I'm like, no, you did not. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, Mostly I would say, I think it just like comes out of my head. I have like a million stories in my head all the time. And this is just like who I was even as a child, not like, you know, romance stories necessarily as a child, but um, I just constantly, it was always like coming up with some sort of fantasy in my head. And so for me, it just like comes out or randomly think about it. And then I just, well, I read, okay, I'm sorry. I'm backtracking a little bit. I like recently figured out So like writing is a little bit like therapy for me, but I was like going back and rereading and kind of like focusing on specific books and what those characters were going through, like what their big, um, like, you know, mental block or like whatever they're like, uh, I can't even think of the word right now, whatever, like they were working through in the story because your characters have to like start at one point and then kind of like batter themselves by the end. Um, and I realized that in every single character, right, even when it's dual point of view with like man and woman, 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 man, man, um, I like write myself into them and they each have their own unique like blocker that they're working through. That is something like I was working through in my own life and like completely different, obviously storyline. Mm-hmm. But then I like discover, oh, I'm like writing a specific part of myself into this. And like, as they work through how to better themselves, I'm working through that too. <laughs> so I think like part of it as well is just like, these characters just come from me, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, something I need to like figure out in my own life. I'm like questioning and then it comes out in these stories you can kind of like resolve it and work through it in your yeah for yourself and for the character yeah like Dom Daddy is all about it's like an underlining lining theme is that it's all about female empowerment because it's all about this woman who just like she has never really discovered herself sexually and she's never like felt empowered sexually Mm -hmm. at all she's always kind of just went through the way that she thinks it should go with someone and so like even though it's very there's a heavy focus on like the man kind of controlling things in reality it is all up to her she's the one who has the power and that's like a big theme in the bdsm world is that the like submissive party is actually the one who has all the power and that's like what's misunderstood with it Um, and so like, that was also something I was kind of going through in my own life, just feeling like sexually unfulfilled in relationships and not having partners that I felt like listened to me. And I felt like our intimacy was just always lacking and suffering because we were never on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this book and realized like how much it was like reflecting my own path. In a different way. Not in the sex club way, but I mean, I didn't go to a sex club to discover this, but like, you know, the underlying themes kind of reflect what I'm personally going through. Do you feel then that you've you found your voice then? Like, are you feeling more empowered since I'm sure your character found her 
power as well. I haven't read the book. I'm so sorry. I will, you're but good. I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in that type of thing, don't jump in if you're not ready for it. <laughs> you're probably giving, you know, a voice to other people that are like going through the same thing or helping them work through that in their own personal lives when they're reading something like that. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, long story short, to answer your question about <laughs> where do I come up with the stories, that's basically it. Yeah, just therapy, it sounds like. Yeah, it's just <laughs> my own therapy, yeah. In your own head and everything. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so we sort of like grace the top, like grace the high level of the topic of like self-publishing and everything. But I know you and I have even, have even talked on the side about how it's all about like marketing yourself. And is that hard? I mean, is it hard for you to like put yourself out there in that way? One thing I've always thought about too, and sorry, now I'm like randomly talking and just kind of word vomiting, but um, it's like writing is also a very vulnerable way of putting yourself out there on top of the fact that now as any sort of author, whether you're an indie author, whether you're just starting, whether you're the world's biggest author, like you have to be willing to market yourself, not just your writing. And so it's not even anymore that your writing is like this vulnerable work that's out there, but you as a person are out there too. Is that ever hard to do? I would say, well, one, I'm just like the world's worst marketer. Um, I need to get on social media more. And I was like really doing pretty well with TikTok because it was just so fun, like following the TikTok trends. And then I got kicked off. So I have to decide if I want to like, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess Megan doesn't know this, but yeah, I got kicked off TikTok. For what? Uh, it just, you know, a, a video for a promo video for Dom Daddy it was just too much. Uh, maybe so that's one that like I should actually explicit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like hashtagged maybe the wrong things, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I'm not the best at marketing. I hate spending time on it just because like it's not a me thing. I'm not creative in that like visual sense. I'm like creative where I can visualize in my own head and then like write it down to paint a picture mm -hmm. but I just can't like I, I, like I'm never going to be good at art and I'm never going to understand art and things like that it's just not the way that I can like express myself or communicate which is incredibly important when you're marketing yourself online um so maybe I'll get there I don't know <laughs> we'll see right now I'm just going off like my community um but yeah, wait, going back to your question, what was the end part of it? Oh, no. So it sounds like, I mean, maybe. Oh, about me. Like, am I okay with me putting my face out there, essentially? Yes. Yeah. Is that um, yeah. So, like, originally, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody I was doing that. Obviously, like, Megan, you know, that's, Scott. That's Scott us. and I that's were us. like, yeah. And I were like dating for a little while while I was doing this. So we lived together. He's the only one that knew because I'd be like over there on my computer and he'd be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, no, I'm just writing my you know. books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like one person knew, no one else knew for months and months. And then finally I was like, he would start kind of saying something teasing. And I was like, okay, now I have to tell my friends because they're going to find out regardless. So I tell my friends. 
and then eventually I think I tell like my sister and like Mm -hmm. of course my mom finds out but I think it was like a year in before I actually told like my brothers and my dad and then after a year I was like you know what I'll just tell everybody. <laughs> so I just, I started putting it on my own personal Instagram and just telling everybody that I was because I started realizing like, I, at first I thought maybe it's a shameful thing. And I was kind of embarrassed. Cause I was like, what if they go and read this? And they're like, Oh my God, this is what you're <laughs> writing. And they think something about me. But then after I started sharing it and I was like, yeah, I've written like, you know, like four or five books. Now people were like, shocked and they thought it was so cool and they were so supportive and I was like whoa okay like why was I having these thoughts I was like doing myself no favors by not just being like proud of what I was working on and after that I was like you know what I'm gonna just tell everybody (laughs) that's awesome I like that's literally us like we have yet to share even this podcast like on our personal social media. You need to immediately. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe we'll, we'll get empowered and inspired from you. But I, I agree. Yeah. Like, it's almost not like, and this is just me, so I'm not speaking for Brie. But like, it's not that I'm ashamed. It's more of just like, what will other people think? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just another girl making another podcast. Like what a millennial, you know? And, and then like, this is where I think it spirals a little bit is I'm like, okay, what about like the people we knew in high school? What are they going to think? And then I'm like, why do I give a shit about what people thought about me in high school? And this so is all my, my typical <laughs> wheel. You know what? Sure. They'll come, they'll come out of the woodwork. I'll just tell you that (laughs) (laughs) they'll they'll be like, what's up? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I haven't talked to you since we were in fifth grade. Go back into the woodwork. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sam, maybe you are going to help us in some way. Cause yeah, I'm definitely on that same wheel where, and if people do find out, I feel like I have to beat them to the punchline about it. Like before they can say, literally a single sentence out I'm like oh haha yeah another millennial girl who started right. talking to her friend like beat you to it uh yeah like, we're like downplay it somehow like oh it's it's oh. not a big deal like don't yeah. listen it's okay it's not a big deal like you don't listen it's it's really not a big deal um no, you have to advocate for yourself always and just be proud of it right because like it takes a lot of time and effort and I'll tell you like there's so many people out there and it'll be the same for podcasts right that'll be like oh yeah I've been I've been wanting to write a book and I'm like what about and then you know they'll be like well I mean I kind of have an idea and I've had an idea for a while but like I've never done it I was like I mean that's cool you should do it but like they they will be even more impressed by the fact that you did it and there's tons of people that are like oh I really wanted to do a podcast like I've been thinking about it but like you guys are actually doing it so it's something you should be proud about because so many people want to do it but aren't doing it right Right. and and I do circle back to that a lot too where after I go down this like downward spiral, I'll be like, but we did it. Like we had an idea and we committed to it. And it is a lot of hard work, which I don't think people really think about when, whenever someone is super negative about it, they're like, oh yeah, everyone has a podcast. And then I'm like, well, do you actually know a lot of people that have a podcast? Because it's a lot of work and really time consuming. Mm -hmm. It's not like 
rocket science. No, you can figure it out with the internet, but at the same time, like it is really time consuming. And so I do, I always come back and I'm like, you know what, we did it. And no matter what happens, like I'm proud that we did something and we get to spend all this time together, which is like probably the biggest bonus of all of it is that we talk like 24 seven now, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Which like probably a little annoying to our husbands, but whatever. <laughs> no, and I definitely you need your own thing, you know. You need yeah. this in your life, and then you have it forever. It's not going anywhere. Like you can keep it forever and look back when you're like 80 years old and be like, "Fuck yeah, that's what we <laughs> look did." At my podcast, yeah. Look how fun I was, kids, <laughs> grandkids. <laughs> you like, and now this is me just unloading and then. Unlo- a lot of stuff that I don't say out loud. So it's now in the podcast world. This is now Bree's therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think part of it, like, so part of the reason with the podcast, and then also you both know, like part of the reason that I got into editing is because I do write and I just don't want to share any of that with the world. And so this is my way of like being involved in the world without having to totally put out my own work which clearly just says all the things that I need to work through as a human being, but here we are. You got to do it at your own pace, you know, whenever you're ready for it, right? You'll know, you'll know when the time comes. I mean, Sam, did you feel like any negativity or backlash when you were first, I want to say like coming out, but it sounds like, like you're gay, you're not, you're just, (laughs) You, when you came out yeah, as an author, yeah. not came out as a sexual <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say mostly no. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. You never know what people say, like, behind your back, right? Fair, fair. Um, and I think also, like, I just am so unapologetic about it, right? That, like, I don't give room for the negativity at this point because I don't think you should like if something that you're proud of then be proud of it and don't mm-hmm. let people like tear you down even like I mean I have some books that people just don't like like literally every single one of my followers did not like my fantasy book because it's a tragic romance it's an origin story and spoiler the main character has to murder his girlfriend <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> everyone hated it and I was like well guys you know I thought it was great. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, not so much, but again, like I think either you allow for there to be backlash and negativity or you don't. And I just like, don't allow it into my life. So maybe there was, and I just didn't even notice it. I'm like, I'm just too old for that at this point. I'm like, I don't have time for it. And I was like, yeah. I'm too busy writing my books. Never mind. I'm like, maybe I'll just use your name later as the right. like villain. Right. Maybe you'll inspire the next negative person in my book. <laughs> yeah, that would be the only inspiration I feel like is in bad <laughs> characteristics. I will pull from other like people. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then yeah. maybe they develop some sort of self-awareness when they read it and think, oh shit, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be maybe help them in the end. You know what? That'd feel really good if I could do that, but <laughs> I'm going to think normally people that have the worst of those traits probably aren't reading my books. <laughs> They're probably like, no, not that one. I'm done with her. 
and so, okay, so you might have already told Bree this, um, and I'm just catching up. So you're writing full time, like no other day job. You are just strictly an author. That is it. Um, well, I mean, writing doesn't really pay my bills at this point. Um, so right now I am, I'm just like helping my brother with his business. On okay. the side. So like it gives me the freedom to write in my spare time so I can do like a little bit of both. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but so but nice. you've quit like corporate America. We are done with that. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> my last job was just like 60 hours a week, very toxic environment. Oh. I couldn't even like get up to use the restroom or grab water because like I couldn't get off the camera and I was up at 5 a.m. every morning. It was just like, that sounds it awful. was so awful. And I was like, you know what? My like mental state is at its very worst. I know I just want to write and then I need to just find something part-time that mm -hmm. like, you know, makes up for like that financial gap. And I have been so much happier since. And that That's was like, I think that was like August last year that I okay. essentially like left that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So we went through a very similar timing. <laughs> yeah. Because I left the corporate world in September. For oh, very, yeah. for very similar reason. Yes. Congrats. <laughs> so like, I'm guess I'm going, I don't know. I'm past seven months now and mm -hmm. like whole new person. It's an exhilarating feeling and like definitely a roller coaster because like, oh my God, you know, I don't have like a consistent paycheck. Now I have to get like my own healthcare and like all these other things. But at the same time, you just like focus on the positive side of it as well. And it's ultimately better. Like, you know, I can go to the dog park for like two hours with this dog back here and then just sit on my like phone and edit or something, you know, which yes. I couldn't really do that before. No. And and the mental health aspect is also super important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you feel, um, I mean, when you were still in such a toxic environment, like did that affect your work in any way, would you say, or did you just not maybe more so like timing wise, you probably just didn't have the same amount of freedom I mean, to dedicate. I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't writing at all almost because I didn't have the, I just couldn't. I was mm -hmm. so I was physically and mentally drained, which is kind of crazy because when you're like sitting in a chair all day, how are you physically drained? But that's how like taxing it was in my body. <laughs> but I was like, I can't do anything. I get off the, you know, computer. I'm working five like AM to like 5 PM. And all I want to do is just go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so tired. I can't do anything else. I can't do anything that makes me happy or that is like healthy for my body. Like I'm not even cooking, you know, it's, it just all around was taking such mm -hmm. a huge toll. So like writing yeah. was like an afterthought. And that also just ate away at me because I was like, I was at the time kind of struggling with like the expectation of like, I was gaining, you know, followers like every day. And I was like, well, they're all like expecting and asking for when's the next chapter coming out. And like, you know, if I want to move to being an author full time, I need to like live up to these expectations. And so like, that was like an added stress factor, but I've kind of like stepped away from that even and realized, okay, like I know there's these expectations, but it's not all about like growing my followers anymore. It's about like 
writing makes me happy and I need to just focus on like what it brings to my life and why I'm doing it and not just like writing to market not just like writing at the speed that is expected so like I haven't been growing as quickly lately but I definitely feel like what I'm putting out and what I am writing I'm so much like more happy with it Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a quantity versus quality thing. And we, I mean, we go through that with the podcast. I know like everyone does in whatever industry or art or craft they're in. There is, I think this like societal pressure to Mm -hmm. perform, perform, perform. And like, it's all about numbers constantly. And so it's really easy to get sucked into that. But then when like you and with us, when we're able to take a step back and say, well, you know, we'd rather it be something we're proud of as opposed to like, did it reach a thousand people? No, but are we happy with it? Are we happy with the content? Then I think that says a lot more than putting out something that's like, I don't even want to say it's trash, but if it's just something you're not happy with, and even if it were to reach like a bunch of people, but you're, you're sitting back thinking, well, that wasn't even, my best it wasn't my best work and yeah I mean ultimately you have to look back like why did I start this because it's so easy to get caught up in like the numbers especially when they're growing like my first series you know I started writing and I was like started getting really caught up like oh my god all these people are like reading (laughs) it and like you know half a million views like I'm freaking out right And it was like, that was fulfilling in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easy to get them like confused as to like, oh, I was writing because it felt good to write and like, just get all of this out of my head, you know, because then there's this other aspect and like, oh my God, and I'm getting all this attention. That's like, feels really good too. And then I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? So like, I definitely went through that battle where I had to step back and go back to, okay, why did I even start this in the beginning? Let's like focus on that aspect. The other feels really good too. But if I focus too much on that, then I lose the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant like back and forth. I feel like something you have to continually be aware of and like fight because it is very intoxicating when you see all these people like following you and talking to you and like the attention. Yeah. It feels nice. I mean, I feel like that's just like, that's what is so satisfying about social media is that it like fills this immediate I don't know, like attention gap or just like that thirst for someone notice me and, and it does. But then, I mean, just as quickly, it can also leave you completely stranded with, with nothing. So yeah. And when it disappears for a minute, then you're like, you're like, well, where did it go? Now you're nervous. It's like, yeah. It's hard to balance, like being proud of that accomplishment and just saying, okay, that was an accomplishment. I did a great job. Be proud of yourself, but then not be not completely be let down when it takes longer to do it again or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I could also see where too, like when you, you started writing a lot in COVID and even more so then there was this lack of connection with people. And yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden you have this amazing connection. I could see where that would even be more intoxicating because everyone. Oh, yeah. You're like, I have a community now. (laughs) Even if it's like virtual and it's not face-to-face, it's something, it's better than nothing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, um, at the time it was like really nice. I felt like I was just like finally 
with some I was like with people even though I wasn't I was like oh my gosh I'm like conversing with people I have never met before it was kind of like when I used to go out like talk to people I've never met before it's just like it gives you a different like endorphin rush yes um but yeah and I'm sure like being able to maybe I guess maybe this is generalizing it, but like speak the same language. I mean, cause I'm sure yeah. even if you were going out and maybe at that time you weren't necessarily telling people about your work. So like having a community that's also like, oh my gosh, I'm writing too. You're writing too. Like we can all talk about our common For interests sure. and things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just, yeah, it gave you a sense of community and just attachment to maybe oh, what 100%. you were doing at the time. <laughs> I mean, that's why we have book clubs, right? Like, right. why you guys have a book club? It's like <laughs> everyone has this common interest, and now you can talk about it and geek out and like not feel ashamed <laughs> of what you want to say because you know we're all here for our various reasons. Right. Um, yeah, I get that. I mean, I have like one friend, her and I read just about like the exact same type of books. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a big romance reader. I'm a I'm a romanticy reader, like romance fantasy, but I'm mostly like fantasy and sci-fi. It's like my go-to guilty pleasures for reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the same. And we could sit there and talk for, for five hours about Sarah J. Mass, you know? <laughs> and rereading. And Brie, yeah. I feel like you and I kind of touched on it. We're like, we better not get yes. started. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, y'all, I'm rereading Court of Missing Fury right now. I'm, and- re- I'm on the last book of Throne of Glass. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I like, I don't know. So my husband was making fun of me because he was like, why are you reading that again? And I was like, it's so good. And for me, it's like, I, yeah, I know what happens, but I, I don't know. Like the story is just so incredible. Her imagine, her imagination is amazing. And (laughs) The stories are built out like so detailed that like you go back and you find something new that you're like, oh my God, that connects to this or like. I'm always just so impressed by this world that she creates. It actually like blows my mind. But yeah, you do always pick up on something new. So sorry, I won't go down that road because we could just talk about that. This is what I'm saying. You could talk about her for ages. So I mean, she's going to get her like what Hulu show and then it's going to blow up even more. And you know what? We're going to be Sarah Jane's experts over here. We're going to be like, I've read every series five times. (laughs) Ask me a question. This is wrong or right in the TV show. Oh oh, gosh. Yeah. I have, I'm so I'm like kind of nervous about the TV show because I feel like I will just pick it apart. Oh, the fandom, they better do it right. Because the fandom behind her is just like, it's intense. I mean, yeah. it's it's maybe almost like Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, like serious. Yeah. Wow. See, they I'm the black legit. sheep over here. I don't read that genre. I haven't <laughs> read a single book. So sorry. Cannot speak to it. <laughs> um, maybe the show is like what brings you in, though. Maybe that's what will convince you to read it. Yeah. Maybe. As long as they do it justice, we'll see. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I. You. You guys. I was. I was Bryce for Halloween. Stop. Only <laughs> green. Yeah, that means nothing to me. Nothing. Can I come out to California for like this next Halloween? Can we dress up? <laughs> yeah, we need a third. We. Oh, 
I would love to do like uh, Nesta and Gwen. And oh my gosh, that would be so fun! That would be amazing. What a yeah. like killer trio costume. And Megan, you need to read the books and then you okay. can be part of the trio. <laughs> but who's gonna be a bat boy? You know, you guys can bring your like your significant you others, and then maybe I can like enlist someone to be oh my, my bat boy. <laughs> I think Jared would be like livid, but he'd get over it. <laughs> I just wouldn't tell him. I'd be like, I picked out your costume, it's fine. There you, just, go. you just have to show up, don't worry about it, and <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah. Just have a drink. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So like, that's your favorite genre, I guess. Then do you have a favorite book or like, what's something you read recently that was a favorite? I don't really have favorites of like books or movies or anything because I'm too much of a person who like, likes a lot, you know, I don't want to pick just one. I feel like it's unfair to the others if I pick just one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right what was but, something really good that you read recently oh well because I've been like venturing into a little bit more romance recently um I was like you know research for myself just see how other people write mm-hmm. and I will say that one that really stuck out and I thought was like wow because I'd never read anything by this author and it's Sav R. Miller. And she's like so sweet. She also like reposted my posts on Instagram a couple of times. And I was like, oh my God, I'm fangirling. <laughs> um, but her like first book in her like Monsters and Muses series is called Promises and Pomegranates. And as I was reading it, I just thought, wow, so, like some of these passages are so beautifully written for like a mafia romance, which I'm not a mafia romance fan whatsoever. He's like, he's like the mafia's uh, serial killer doctor or something. And then she's like super young. I don't know. It's not my type of storyline <laughs> at all. But the book itself, like I would go through some like pages and I'd be like, wow, that like that was really actually beautiful. So <laughs> I, uh, I recommend that one to people, especially people who are looking for something like kind of spicy because it was pretty spicy as well yeah it was good I'm intrigued in the last like maybe like six seven months that would be my top pick okay okay Mm -hmm. so I love how you say and like you've said it a few times now like you don't like to read romance but you like to write romance yeah and I feel like am I not maybe am I like generalizing it too much is there like a different level like a sub level I feel like my (laughs) yeah like my style romance of what I like to like read because I did really enjoy her book and I like to read like fantasy romance Mm -hmm. right so that's kind of a different genre than just like stereotypical romance and the reason I don't really like reading romance is because I feel like some of the tropes are so boring okay and just so like overplayed at this point and like granted I kind of do that too like my favorite trope is miscommunication I love the two characters to just like not be on the same page and then come together and be like oh I guess we like kind of were on the same page you know miscommunication trope I don't need to describe it um and I love like a good like friends to lovers or like enemies Mm -hmm. to lovers whatnot but I feel like these like mafia romances and like um I don't know like the bad boy good girl thing is just like very overplayed it's like not not my style 
So Fair. yeah, I, I'll write it or I'll like write what I like out of romance. But like I said, I think before, like I'm also trying to just get better at writing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since I do like the romance aspect of it, this is like really honing those skills for me so that when I step into like fantasy and sci-fi, I will have mastered the romance side. So it'll just be like, you know, figuring out the romance fantasy or the fantasy and sci-fi side and then like peppering in my bit of romance. Okay. Yeah. So it was all building blocks, stepping stones here to get where you want to be. (laughs) I already have a whole plan. Like I have a huge like sci-fi book in like a outline in an Excel outline with like six plots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that is like, that's like my book that I want to write uh-huh. Um, when I'm done writing all these other ones that I have planned out. Yeah. Okay. So are um, you um like, what's the right word? Contracted? Are you working with a publisher right now to like make sure that all of these get out first or how are you picking the order of the work that you're doing? I mean, I just do like self-publishing. I did so my like series of short stories I signed with. Um, so I've told you a few times, like I work with Inkit to publish mm-hmm. everything like free first. And then I move it all to my Patreon basically. And then I have the one on Amazon, um, which is the first book in this series called the LA Archives. So I have Dom Daddy as part of that world. And then I'm working on a book called Play Me. That's the third book in that series. And it'll be like six books. And all of those, um, I'm going to like republish next year and I'm going to go wide with it, but I'm going to do it myself. Okay. Um, so still very be- much the self-publishing route, just a different approach. Yeah. But the series of short stories, I signed a contract to be exclusive with um the Inkit team their app is called uh Galatea and it's essentially like people kind of it's like it's paying for like chapters it's like serialized or like episodes Mm -hmm. is what they call them I think and it's similar to like Kindle Vela but it's more established because it's been around longer I don't know if you guys have heard of Kindle Vela but that's like (laughs) Amazon's attempts to like get into this new world of serialized writing where people are like paying with like coins or stars or like credits to read per chapter so um they want to use my short story book which is cool that's awesome yeah but the short stories are just all like different um different like erotic shorts basically Mm -hmm. I have like four various themes so there's like professions kinks fantasy and uh holidays <laughs> the old holiday erotic novel <laughs> yeah so like all the shorts uh, like fall into one of those uh groups so I think there's like 12 or 13 stories that I'm letting them have oh my gosh yeah cool. yeah I just feel like like okay so you say you know you have nine books novels what are we are, is it a novel technically the so the anthology of those short stories I'm considering as like one book because it is long enough to be a book and that's like a popular thing I'm sure you guys have seen if you have like favorite authors you might see that they have like on Goodreads like a short story and it'll be part of like this anthology with other authors that have similar shorts and it'll be like 
you know, maybe themed off of one of their books or like something completely different because they're like gauging how well that short story goes over before they write like a full novel about the characters. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like a popular thing to do. So this is just like an anthology I wrote for myself. And it was like, for my followers, they really love short stories. And so mm -hmm. I was like releasing them every week last year and they would have like a new short. So I did that for like six months or something, I think. That's um, crazy. I was going to say, yeah, otherwise I feel it. like you have all of this, like you have your books and then you have your shorts, but I mean, you just have so much content. Like there's just so much out That's there that, that yeah. I didn't even know you did this period. And I, I also like, like this I, is I all just so new. What I write. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like even like your, um, you know, description of thing. I feel like I'm just so unfamiliar with the whole writing publish. I mean, I have an English minor, but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. shit. That just means I know how to write a book report. <laughs> so like all of the different, you know, just terminologies that you're using is so new to me, even though I'm sure authors that I read have all of those things out there. I've just never looked for them. Yeah. yeah. I've learned I a lot. Like I knew a little bit as an avid reader, um, but obviously learned so much more getting into the writing world and community, like I'm part of different discord channels so that I can kind of just like view conversations between other writers, you know, people ask for like advice or like different tools that, you know, other people are using for like editing and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. And it's just, there's so much information out there. And like this world is so much bigger than you even you realize <laughs> yeah. there's so many different layers to it even like for people right. who are self-publishing I mean you can do everything essentially a traditional publisher uses yourself and it's just the amount of time and effort you want to spend on it right. right and then you just don't get like the backing of like a big traditional publisher's name but nowadays with social media a lot of people are doing very well just marketing themselves mm-hmm what what is your ad advice to someone maybe starting out or maybe like they're still under wraps like you were when you were starting out I think it really depends on like one what the person's writing and two well two what their goal is and then three how much time they're willing to give actually there's like a lot of different aspects to it, but <laughs> that would give me <laughs> that would give me like my personal recommendation obviously like what I did worked for me but there's a lot of people who go the same route and don't necessarily like do as well and mm -hmm. they might have a really good story and they might be like marketing themselves even more and they just don't do as well like it really can be luck of the draw just like on a TikTok real or whatever it's called TikTok video like some people take off some people don't but you have right. two of the same exact videos who knows why one person did better than the other but I think always always anyone who wants to write and like just wants to put it out there for the world I think the like very first step and advice I would give is just to do it which I know I'm like stealing Nike's, you know, slogan here, just do it. But it's the truth. You know, you have to just go out there and do it. And then just be like willing to switch gears if you need to and change your approach if you need to like mm -hmm. be fluid with the way that you're going about it. I think that's really good advice because I think a lot of people probably have either a preconceived notion of how it should go 
because it's worked for other people or yeah. just like the general, you know, like, oh, I, I know that I need to follow these steps and that's what will make me successful regardless if it's writing or whatever. And so I think the the fluidity is such a good statement to make because you can't just keep beating a dead horse if it's not working for you. Like you have to be willing and able to change your approach if you want to get anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's not going to go anywhere if you don't show anyone or don't like put it out there or don't like make steps to publish the book you always wanted to publish. Nothing's Mm going to happen if you don't do anything with it. Right. So you like literally just have to try to do it. I mean, actually anybody can like publish a book on KDP and then like get an author copy for themselves. It doesn't take much other than like formatting, right? It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be that good of quality. You can do it, but um, just depends on your own, like, you know, expectations for yourself and how you want to go about it. But yeah. Yeah. Are you looking to be like, are you planning on doing this full time? Is that your ultimate goal is to be fingers crossed? I would love that. That would be amazing. (laughs) I mean, I do have, so I kind of have like a plan for next year um, because like when I started this, I just jumped in and I didn't have any expectations whatsoever. Again, it was just like doing it for me. And then I have realized I love it so much. And now that I have so many like books under my belt, not all that are edited, but like enough that like it's a complete storyline and I can go back and edit it. I want to like go wide with all of my books Mm -hmm. next year and try to do like one book a month. And then like really heavily, you know, hit social media with each of the books and like pre-orders and releases and like be more strategic about it. Because now that I do have all of the content, it's a lot easier. And authors who have more than one book tend to do better because if people like one of your books, then they're going to check out the next book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be better for me. Hopefully we'll see (laughs) if I, you know, kind of like plan it all out and then use what I've got to like reintroduce myself to the world basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Look look for it all next year. Cause I'm going to like be pushing it all out next every single month. I'm going to be like, I have a new book. I'm going to have like box sets. I'm going to do the whole damn thing the right way this time. Exciting. (laughs) Don't forget about us when you're famous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'll get famous, but (laughs) it would be, it would be great if it becomes enough to be like, Hey, now I can like do this full time and start like writing, or maybe even if I could get um, for my like sci-fi book, it would be kind of cool if I could get like a traditional publisher on that, just because there is a lot of benefits with traditionally publishing that they'll kind of take over the marketing, kind of help spread your name mm-hmm. um, more broadly to help you get a following. And then from there, you're not contracted to continue working with them. You just continue publishing all your own books, right? Right. Um, so like, you know, Colleen Hoover, she has some of her own books are self-published still that like she didn't give to a publisher and they do just as well. She probably makes three, four times more off of those books because of that. Um, but working with a traditional publisher obviously is like helped her kind of get a broader audience even. Right. Yeah. I think 
we kind of talked about it like just really quickly or touched on it too. A lot of, and I'm generalizing, but I think just the general population too, when they think about getting a book published, they immediately go to that traditional aspect of like what they see in yeah. the movies and how it's all played out of this like perfect, you know, author that lives in her little cottage and she wrote a book. <laughs> That's so and, true. <laughs> and, then her, and then her best friend that she's known since she was five found a copy of it and took it to New York and then he got it published for her and like it's just this beautiful story um like that's well, even like that, where, the, where the crawdad scene I was gonna say you guys know where the crawdad scene it's oh. literally like where she's in the you know middle of nowhere and has all these books published from her like illustrations and it's just like what you know nowadays it takes and I think you were going there nowadays it takes you have to have like a proven background with like successfully publishing books on your own and having like a social media following even and it doesn't even matter about the story at this point it just matters that like it makes it easier on the publisher because they're like oh people know you we can sell this book right and I (laughs) I don't think that people fully realize that that you don't even if you, you could write the best story out there. Um, I mean, this is like, I don't really like his books, but like you could be the next Shakespeare and a traditional publisher is not going to give you a second look unless you have some sort of track record. And a traditional publisher isn't even going to look at you unless you have like an agent, but that's what this like, yeah. yeah, like I think mm-hmm. that generalizing people tend to think that, oh, anyone can do it. And so I appreciate your honesty in talking about like the path that it's taken, all of the time that it's taken, all the steps that you've taken yourself. And like, obviously I think that getting to a traditional publishing, I mean, it could be great, but like you also are showing how good it can be like doing it yourself and you seem fluid in your own path and willing to like make adjustments and turns if things go in a different direction. But I will say, I just don't feel like people tend to talk about that side of things. A lot of people talk about mm-hmm. authors that have made it big and mm-hmm. are, you know, the first table that you see when you walk into Barnes and Noble. And like, that's who people talk about. And I even, I think it's funny, don't get me wrong, because I like, love all those books, love reading, love reading a variety of everything. But even some of the biggest authors, when you'll you'll look at their website and they talk about their writing process, but they're only talking about it from a point where they've already made it, like made it big. They're yeah, not talking 100%. about the, the beginning steps of how they got there. If they do have those other works that they self-publish, they're just talking about from like this point where they're already big forward. And I'm like, so I- out a huge chunk of what got you there yeah yeah I love so one because again I'm a fantasy reader but she started as romance and I find her story really interesting but like Jennifer uh L. Armentrout she has become super popular she's writing in fantasy primarily now and is traditionally published she started out as a self-published author writing like romances and kind of like you know, getting a following and her name out there on her own before she then started working with a traditional publisher. And there's no right or wrong way to go about it, right? There's just some, there's benefits to both. You know, you're probably going to make more money 
like per book self-publishing, but you might reach a broader audience with traditional publishing. And that's just the way that it works. But she has like a really great origin story that kind of shows you how hard you do have to work to get there because she has like, I don't know, she probably has over 50 something books, probably even more than that. Um, She has like so many books and series out there um, and a huge, huge following. And a lot of people mostly know her now for her popular romance or not romance, it's fantasy books, but she's been writing romance for like 10 something years, you know, (laughs) it takes a long time, but people don't talk about that necessarily. Right. right? They didn't maybe necessarily know her before because she's writing in a completely different genre even, but yeah, she, she's a fun one that I like to always go back and look to because I'm like, I want to follow in your footsteps. That's what I'm doing. I'm writing romance and then I want to write fantasy romance and sci-fi like later if I have a following. Yes. Yeah. I'll be ready to read it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll send it your way. You're like, give me all the fantasy. <laughs> Please. Um, and then we'll have to talk about it because... Megan, well, she just listens to me typically talk about fantasy, but I did get her to read one, so. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Just, like, slowly, like, get her, like, adapted to it. Just a little, like, trickle, like, like a little more fantasy each time. Yeah, I would change Megan the one that I picked, I think, so that it wasn't just, like, full magic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel like you would lose me there. If, if, it, if you were just like, hey, and now a magic book. I'd be like, I'm out. Thanks. Now we've got like demons and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, flying weird characters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, okay. It, so let's not even talk about like the fantasy art world either. Because Megan's going to be like, no, oh, no. Not look at the fan art. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those people, very talented. I'm sure it's beautiful. (laughs) It's just not for me. (laughs) Not for everybody. That's okay. That's that's okay. Yeah, we all know. We can respect each other's differences. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. All right. Well, no, this has been an awesome conversation. And I, I don't know, I hope other listeners get something out of it because it's been fun talking with you. If people want to find you, find your books, find any content that you have out there, where should they go? Yes. So, I mean, always for like Instagram people, because I'm so bad, I have to look at my Instagram name. I'm author.sam.marie. Um, and then always like my Patreon account is linked to everything. You can go to authorsamarie.com as well to find like my ink it, my Patreon. I think my Wattpad's on there. Um, and the link to like Amazon, if you want to purchase rendezvous. Um, so yeah, but ink it, I will say you have to download the app. I don't have it on desktop. So um, like on your tablet or phone, you can read for free if you just download that. That's awesome. awesome. We'll be yeah. sure to link to all of it in the podcast notes thank too so you. people can access it easily. Cool. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Like what awesome timing in our lives that this all worked out. <laughs> I know. You know what Megan was like? I don't know if you remember me. And I'm like, of 
course I remember you. As if it's been like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. I know. Exactly. I'm like, I have you on Instagram. Like, I see your baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know you are. Well, you know, I, you, you moved to LA. I didn't know if you became some big shot and you forgot about this Midwest girl over here. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this girl coming out of the woodwork. Let's get rid of her. <laughs> I followed up with like, um, I think I stayed at your house one time and you stayed at my house. <laughs> and she's like, so I have this podcast that I haven't told anyone about. <laughs> so like, if you ask any of our mutual friends, no one knows. No. <laughs> yeah. I want to be like, no, I vividly remember eating all of your husband's salsa and being like, this is the best salsa I've ever yeah. had. And I make good salsa. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> well, yeah, and Brie, nice to, like, face-to-face with you. Feel free to call me more about whatever. <laughs> awesome. I definitely will. No, this has been good, and we will. I'll, any book recommendations, anything else? But, yeah, we'll just kind of keep tabs on each other's journey through this crazy. Yes. I'll give you my follow me on Goodreads too for anybody because I'm a big reader so everyone can like see my ratings on books and then yeah all my stuff is linked there too it's just like you should be able to search Sam Marie it's my author profile on Goodreads thanks for listening everyone until next time cheers cheers thanks for listening music for this podcast was created by Remington Haynes Join the conversation by emailing us at narrativesandnightcaps at gmail.com or visit our website, narrativesandnightcaps.com. Until next time, we hope you're enjoying a wonderful narrative.